3: Welcome to Inside the Studio, presented by iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Joe Levy. Okay, so the guest on this home edition of the show is Irish singer-songwriter Dermot Kennedy, and he is having a pretty good run right now. At the end of November, a song that he sings on, a dance track called Paradise by Medusa, went to number one on the Irish charts, which made him the first Irish artist to have a number one on the Irish charts in five years. And that is a triumph that he repeated back to back the very next week when his own song, Giants, went to the top of the chart. So I imagine that he did some celebrating, and I also imagine that it might have been low-key since he spent most of lockdown at his parents' house, which uh, is surrounded by a forest and some fields. You know, we started the home edition of Inside the Studio to let you know how the pandemic has impacted the lives of artists. And and Dermot told our quarantine correspondent, Jordan Runtog that being back home for a long stretch has reconnected him to the kinds of feelings he had when he was just starting out, when he was 17, or 18 years old, and writing a song was a way he had of expressing himself. It was something he had to do. It wasn't work. Of course, something a little less awesome that the pandemic has reconnected him to when he was 17 or 18, that was a time when he could only get like one or two gigs a year. He also talked about his love of hip hop and Formula One racing and the Icelandic band Sigur Rós and what those very different things have in common. Anyway, as always, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to check out the iHeartRadio podcast that Jordan hosts, which is called Rivals, Music's Greatest Feuds, and which is available wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today got his start busking on the streets of Dublin, following in the footsteps of musically-minded countrymen like Damien Rice and Glenn Hansard. His life changed in 2016 when his song After Rain became a viral smash, racking up millions of plays on streaming platforms. Since then, he's put his classical training to good use with powerhouse tracks like Power Over Me and Outnumbered. His debut album, Without Fear, made him the first Irishman to top the UK album charts in 20 years. It also broke into the top 20 in the United States, where he's earned a fervent following for his soulful voice, deeply personal lyrics, and his hip-hop-influenced take on folky singer-songwriting. I'm so happy to welcome Dermot Kennedy. Of course, man. Well, thank you. Well, I got so much to talk to you about, but first off, you just released an expanded version of your of uh, debut album, "Without Fear," which includes your new single, "Giants," which is a song you said is about letting go of the past and being comfortable with change. Tell me more about what that song means to you.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? Because so often when I write songs, it's kind of it's a, it's a very personal thing, and it, it kind of feels like it's. For my life, about my life, it just feels like a very sort of internal thing, and and I've always looked at artists, say like artists like Hozier, who write songs about protest and and world issues and stuff, and I've seen that so many times, and and thought like I'll probably do that at some stage, but I certainly don't want to do it if it feels forced, right? So I never had. And then that's not what this song is, but I just mean that message of letting go of the past and moving forward and stuff. It just felt in my mind, I was like, just throughout this time, I was like, this feels like a nice message to put out into the world at this time. Right. Like I don't want to do something that's overly optimistic because this year just hasn't been great. Like it hasn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I don't want to seem oblivious to things, but then I also don't want to sort of compound people's sadness and just come out with the most morose thing. And so it felt like it struck a nice middle ground for me. I thought, I thought it had a hopeful message, but that it was aware of the difficulties, you know? And, and so like I wrote this song a long time ago and, and that's what it meant to me at that time. So, um, so it just felt like a nice time to sort of say that to the world.
4: I really enjoyed how you described it on Instagram as, as sort of a tribute to how nature has inspired you. And I imagine since the start of lockdown, a lot of people have been going back to the things that have kept them grounded, like nature and family uh, and things like that. For sure. Yeah,
5: yeah absolutely. I, yeah. I, like I'm always I'm reluctant to sort of celebrate this year because it it makes me sort of seem like I'm dismissive of all the difficulties for people but like for me there's been a lot of upsides there just has in a selfish way it's like i haven't been at home for this long in such a long time like years and uh and so it's been beautiful i'm, I'm like i've seen my friends more regularly it's like all the it feels as though like all these friendships and relationships that have kind of just stretched out a little bit i've been able to just like bring them back in and solidify them again and and i think that's the most important thing and so yeah, it kind of feels like years ago when the industry was a bit different, it feels like that break that artists maybe used to get between first and second albums, you know what I mean? And so I was talking about this the other day. It's like a lot of people get these get this sort of like stick about um, bringing out second albums that are disappointing. And it's like, yeah, but they're probably on a bus for two years, right? And then And then you've got like a month or two months to put your whole second album together. And it's like... Of course people fall short. A, they're probably exhausted. B, they've got nothing to write about. You know, like, it, it, artists say that all the time. They're like, I've only been in hotel rooms. And so, in a way, for me, like, putting my second album together, I feel like this is a nice time for me to just reconnect. And because, like, they say you spend your whole life making your first album. And, like, where I am now is in my parents' house. And, and like, the forest is up there. And it all feels that way. And it's like, that stuff feeds my songs since i wrote my first song and so it's cool for me to reconnect it really really is like it's important for me i think to write decent music
4: being back at your 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 family's house does that almost put you does that almost put you back to where you were at the very beginning of your songwriting when you exactly. were writing songs in your bedroom just for you and not even thinking about 100 uh, yeah
5: yeah yeah so my uh my drummer mihal he's from dublin too and we both agreed that that's exactly what it feels like. I feel like 17 or 18 again, and it feels... Because, like, the situation when I was 18 or 19 was, I was just as determined as I am now, but I couldn't get a gig. Like, I would would play, like, two shows a year, you know what I mean? Because, like, just no one wanted to... There was just nothing to do. And, like, I do, like, two shows a year in Dublin, that type of thing. Like, it was just super... I, I was just going through it, and I would write a song... Whenever it felt right. I would never, ever, ever sit down and just be like, Alright, Dermot, it's time to write a song. Ever. Like, I would wait until I could not stay away from the song. And so it was this lovely, really organic, authentic thing. And um and so yeah, honestly, you're bang on. I think I think it does feel like before I had any sort of career, yeah,
4: and are you still that way? do you only it's not something that you sit down every day and and have it almost like a daily practice are you still do you only write when you feel like you have something to say and you're inspired?
5: No, it's a bit different. It is training now, I think it's training i think I think I'd feel a little bit guilty if I was trying to be like a top tier songwriter if i was like there is a lot of value I think in treating it like a sport, you know what I mean there just is there's no way there's no way I could not write all the time and then get into the studio and expect it to be there for me to access you know I think I think you got to keep at it every day and I think you sort of you just have to show up I'm getting way more comfortable all the time with the fact that there's good days and bad days and and like I used to get so hung up on the idea that if I had a bad day, I'd be like, fuck, man, like this is that's a really bad song and that, that should never exist. But nowadays I'm just like, yeah, but it won't. It's all good. Like you tried something and, and no one will ever find out. And, and you're not worse off for having tried it. You're probably better off. You learned something about yourself, you know, so like I've just I'm getting more comfortable with it the whole time.
4: I think it was Hemingway who said, always leave something for the next day, because if you don't, then you'll never come back. It's too scary to have sort of nothing in reserve that you know, like a, a way to find the path the next day. Is that something for really? for you, where you sort of like always leave a little bit for the next day so you're not completely starting from, from a blank
5: page? That's interesting. Yeah, I like... Yeah, for me in the past, I just, I'd be in the studio and say, for example, if you're in the studio from whatever, 11 a.m. until 7 p.m., I will have like shut down so many cool creative paths by 1 p.m., you know what I mean? Because someone might suggest a lyric and I'd be like, no, it can't be that because my life is like this and this didn't actually happen to me. And so I get so hung up on everything to the point that it was pretty counterproductive. And so nowadays, nowadays I'm way better. And I used to be so jealous. Like if I was in the studio with other writers, I'd just be like, man, like, how do you do this every single day? Like, how do you? Because for me, I try, like, I try hard to access the most honest, most powerful parts of... My whole being and my soul and and the good bits and the bad bits and that's tiring, I think. And and so I'd, I've had days where we'd work on an idea and flesh it out and then it's done and say it's like 6 p.m. or whatever. And someone would be like, do you want to just like try a new idea for the next two hours? And I like, fucking no, like about what? It's like... To me, it's like, I'm like, about what? Like, I've spent the last six hours trying to relate this idea to my life in some way. So, but I am getting better at just going in and being like, let's just do it. Let's like knock a song out, not worry too much about the lyrics. I can always fix them down the line. Not fix them, but just like make them mine and uh, more so me. And, And that can always be done in the future. So let's just write a song. Let's like try, Dermot, to get to the point where... You love music. That's why you're here. That's the only reason you're here. Just enjoy yourself. Like, don't think too much. Do not think too much. And uh, I'm getting better at that. But also I am, I am very aware of the potential trap of like, co- like slowly just like dulling what you do and, and, and it becoming like lowest common denominator thing. Cause you're just like, oh, this doesn't make me feel any kind of way, but I had fun in the studio today. You know, I'm very conscious of not becoming that person.
4: I'm always curious to know with people who are, are blessed with the ability to write music, what do you get from it? Is it a desire to connect with other people, or is it to sort out what's going on inside your emotions, your feelings, and processing that? Or is it a bit of both?
5: Uh, it's a lot of different things. I like when you said both of those things. I'm like, yeah, it's both of those things. But I would ne- I, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's exactly that. You know, I think I like I think it's when. Say for example, like the piano I'm sitting at here. You can't see it, but it's a it's a big, lovely piano, and and like if you hit like whatever chord, like the fact that that through the strings and everything rings out, and there's other notes in there that I didn't even play that you can kind of hear and stuff like just all the, like i remember when we were going on tour the first time we had to get an electric keyboard and i was just like oh man like i didn't realize that that was a thing and uh but it is it's just practical but like and what i'm saying is like when i'm sitting here at this <laughs> piano and i and I, I i dig and dig for a while and then i hit a lyric that i know is special honestly like that's what it's all about for me um i and i know your question is kind of like yeah but like why does that feel so good but i mean I, it's very, very exciting to me when I do that. I'm like, oh man, I can do this. Like, like I, 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 there's a huge part of me just wants to wants to leave a legacy, and I want to be respected by other lyricists and stuff. So when I nail something special, I'm like, oh cool. Like any sort of it, it like the second I hit a good lyric, I, I feel all my insecurities just like go away, and like, and I'm just like, oh cool, yeah, that was special. But why do I write music? it's 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 for me i don't know in the least corny way possible i'm just like i just gotta do it you know i just have to it's a very important part of who i am <laughs> i think sometimes i find myself feeling pent up and a little bit stressed and and i'll check in with myself and i'll be like oh you haven't played the piano in like five days you haven't written in a while like don't underestimate how important that is to you so honestly like talking about like connecting to others and and stuff yes that's a really beautiful part of touring but now that I don't have it currently, I'm like, I'm still good. Like I I, I still feel good. Like I do this for other reasons too. And, and it's been a nice sort of reassurance in this time to be like, okay, touring has been taken away for the time being and you can't get in the studio people and you're not doing like promo all over the world. You're not jumping on planes. It's not that life right now. And so, are you good? Like all the baggage, everything that isn't it at its core has been taken away from you. So how do you feel? And I'm still completely fulfilled. And, and so I'm like, oh, sweet, I haven't lost my way. Like, this is still the most important thing to me. So everything else is not superfluous, but everything else is, is it's just yeah. part of it, you know, but it, the, the core has to say the same. It just has. In to.
4: your mind, are you writing at all times? Because I know a lot of, of writer friends, both you know, novelists and songwriters who, you know, they could be getting broken up with. And in that moment, there's still a part of them that's thinking, oh, this is like, uh, yeah, this is yeah, going to yeah. make a great song or something. <laughs> Do you find yourself ever doing that in, in your life?
5: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah for sure. 100%. Yeah, and it's, and it's a nice comfort blanket too, because there would be times where I'll be like, oh, Dermot, you're not, especially through this time, when you're like, oh, you're not being very disciplined, you're not like writing every day, and then in my head, I'm like, no, you're writing all the time. Like it's like I'm never not thinking about whatever demo I was working on last or lyrics that might show up and blah blah blah. I guess, yeah, I, I, it's just never off, and and so it, it's nice, honestly, when I feel a bit guilty about like, oh, I haven't sat down and written for like three hours a day for the last week or so. And it's like, no, you ha- you're you thinking about it constantly, you know? Yeah, so yeah, no, I, I don't turn it off. Yeah, there's definitely like life events and stuff where I'm like, this is a tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> you, you studied classical composition in, in college and you also busked for a long time in Grafton Street in Dublin without throwing any, any teachers under the bus. Which of these was more of an educational and helpful uh, experience for you? Or both in different ways? The busking, for sure. Busking,
5: yeah. yeah. Seems like yeah, for sure. Totally certainly, for what I do now, yeah, I think I think if I went back and did that degree that I did, if I did that now, I'd be in a far better position to actually benefit from it. you know, I went when I was eighteen, like eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and I was just constantly like, "Oh, this is so uncool, I just want to like go and play it. I just want to go play in a dingy <laughs> bar and I just want to play my guitar. And and I was singing all this incredible classical music and I was surrounded by musicians, like the caliber of which I haven't come near since. <laughs> but I just, I could not appreciate it. I couldn't. I was too impatient. But I'm very glad I did it, for sure. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to have done. But the buskin was a proper education. Yeah. Yeah. The buskin was cool because like, you could just be doing it and no one cares all day. And you're just like, still did it, you know? And you're like, I still tried and blah, blah, blah. Honestly, there's, there's multiple ways in which busking set me up. So it taught me how to project my voice, which is so important because I'm trying to compete with like a full street full of people. And also it taught me like a valuable lesson that was a little bit hard to take, but basically there was the first few times I went, I sat in a chair, and I I wore whatever, and my CDs were just blank CDs, like they didn't have artwork or anything. I probably have one here, but they they were just like, you know, like when you buy them wherever, Target, anything like that, like just blank CDs with my name on them in Sharpie. And uh, I had them out in front of me, and I had a really crappy amp, And I was just like, no, like, if I'm good enough, this will work out. And and it'll be this magical thing where people gather around because they're hearing something special. And, And it just didn't work like that. I'd make a bit of money and there was some nice experiences, but it never, like, worked, worked. And then I bumped into this Australian guy who was like this busking expert and he just had this incredible setup and i was like oh my god this guy gets a crowd in like 10 seconds and he has this huge crowd and so i spoke to him and he told me basically you should treat your busking setup like a shop front he was like get a much better speaker get a big sign he was like take up as much space as you possibly can so i got this big beautiful rug i got my friend who's an artist to make this huge sign for me i got artwork on the cds And I started standing up instead of sitting down and I like quadrupled what I was making and I was just like, oh, it kind of hurt the artist in me because I was like, oh, I thought if I just sat and played people, would be like into it. But um, no, it it just showed me like, and then that lesson is the exact same time and time again, you know, like I, I had a whole 10 years of bringing out my own music, uploading it to Spotify, all that stuff by myself and it never, ever worked out. And ultimately, it did in the end. But like I see nowadays with a label and 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 all that stuff, and and just how songs get rolled out, and I'm like, Jesus, Dermot, no wonder it didn't work out. Like you didn't know what you were doing. But uh, <laughs> it's it was interesting to me to see. It's like, of course, it's always about the music, but I was like, you got to think about other stuff too.
4: What were you playing back then when you weren't playing your own stuff?
5: I was never playing my own stuff in the street. Uh, it was all. Oh really. Yeah, it was all covers. If I played my own stuff I I would get discouraged because people didn't know it and so they wouldn't stop and if I played All of Me by John Legend I would have like 500 people and I was like okay well of course I'm going to do this every day. That's I that, I struggled with that too because I just didn't like it. I was like I know I can make certain choices here that will make me more money. And if I'm being callous about it, that is why I'm here. I'm trying to get into the studio. So I need to make X amount quicker to get into that studio. And uh, that's, I mean, like, there's so many things that correlate between Buskin and what I do now. I know for a fact there's certain things I could do now that would guarantee me more income and radio play and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I can't do it because I got to hold on to who I am. But Buskin's the exact same. You got you to gotta make those choices. And, and I I kind of... I I stepped away from the buskin a little bit because I saw things like my social media growing and all the comments on all my stuff were kind of like, oh, can't wait to see what cover you do next and can't wait to see the next cover. And I was just like, I'm not here to do covers like I will do my own thing someday and I'll have this big fan base of people who don't want to hear it, who just want to hear me do the latest like Ed Sheeran song. So I got to be careful. Yeah.
4: Do you ever feel tempted to go back, especially now that you can't perform Concerts. Uh, do you ever feel tempted to go out and busk somewhere in public and do sort of a, an open air kind of surprise? I'd thing? love it. I
5: def, I'd definitely do it if, it if it wasn't like the current situation, and, and half the country would hate me for bringing a big crowd together. Right. But good, <laughs> yeah, good call. But, no, but even, even last week, we did a thing for Irish TV. Real quick, we sang. I sang this old Irish folk song uh, in the middle of a street, beside Grafton Street. And it was fun, like a crowd gathered and it's at a point now where I could hear people being like, oh, that's, what's his face? And I was just, I, I was like, it was just, it's exciting. It's a cool thing. You know, like, no matter how much your music grows, no matter how big the crowds get, no matter how many people listen to your music, it's like, you're still trying to get that, like, close connection, you really are. I swear to God, I watched a video, I watched a Rap Radar interview with Drake a while back, and he said, it was like celebrating a year, or sorry, a decade of Drake just like owning everything. And he was like, he was, he said to like all up and coming artists, when you're at that point where people are like sharing your music and, and the interest is like growing, he was like, never forget that feeling. Cause he was like, you'll spend your whole career chasing it. So honestly, things like, in the street last week and just seeing people get excited and kind of gather around, I was like, this is cool. Like I'd take this just as much as I would take like 5,000 people in a packed room for sure.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
4: You mentioned hip-hop. I I know that that's a huge influence on you. Uh, And I can hear it in your lyrics too. I mean, even just for the verses in giant, the hope and the hurt has lived inside of me, but there's gold in the dirt. I never took the time to see. I mean, I can hear a hip hop beat over that. Mm. You've said that you feel there's more sincerity in, 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 in hip hop and better storytelling. I was wondering if you could expand on that a little bit. Why do you think that is? Yeah.
5: Not even necessarily like better storytelling. I just feel like when hip hop is good, it feels so potent to me. I, I think rather than me being constantly being like, here's the music I love and here's the, like, of course I have my musical tastes, absolutely. But like more than that, it's like trying to find a feeling. So like if you watch like a 10 minute Sigur Rós song, it's like, it's still, it's the exact same as seeing like, Dave performed that song at the Brits. It's the exact same. It's it's just like or even the official video that they made for Pop Smoke's song, Got It On Me. Like some of the live footage from that, I'm just like, that's the exact same thing. And it's like, I know it's completely different. I know, I know, but it's just like to me it's like somebody's character and somebody's passion and intensity. That like that's why my favorite thing I think I've ever watched is uh is Senna, that documentary about Ayrton Senna, the F1 driver from Brazil. And it's just like that guy was just nuts about what he did. And there's one of my favorite examples is um, when he was doing the Monaco Grand Prix, which is like famously dangerous and and scary. And he was way out ahead and the team come on the radio and they were like, you're good. Like we have won this race, chill out, like it's all good. And he pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed until he totaled the car because he was he was like racing himself. He didn't care about anybody, you know. Like he was racing. He was trying to make the lead just baffling, and uh, not that it's about winning, but it's just like that sort of I don't know that like that that desire to be great at what you do. I think that crosses genres one hundred percent, and then just whatever sort of purity of character and and passion of the soul that you see in Cigaroos to Ray Lamontagne to literally like say. 50 Cent's first album, it's just like, it's all the same to me. When you see athletes do it, it's the same thing. So that's why, like, I don't know, I I, I find inspiration in so many different things because I don't care what it is. It's just, it's just about like, if that person is doing the thing, you know? Yeah. But in terms of like genres and, 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 and this, yeah, I just, I think, I don't know. I had this conversation with Dave recently in the studio. Um, I was talking about, like, I feel like there's so many people in my world, like the acoustic singer-songwriter world, who are just kind of giving it a bash. And it's like, it's like emotional porn. Yeah, yeah, like, like, it's it's that, like, it, you know what I mean? It's like song in a sincere way, but I just, I don't feel it. It's
4: voyeurism in a way, kind of. It I appeals guess. to people's voyeurism.
5: Totally. And then but i think it's so obvious and obviously you never want to name anybody as the bad example but like if you take say <laughs> if you take say Justin Vernon from Bon Iver it's just like that's real like i feel that like that is authentic so that versus somebody else is just like ah oh, they're different like i and and so i said that to dave and he was like yeah but he was like i feel like in hip hop that is the genre now where people are giving it a go like he was like so many people are just like oh, i'll try this like i'll, I'll, I'll do this so he uh, we kind of came to the conclusion that it probably exists in all things but just i guess i'm just very drawn to just that like potent thing you know
4: i saw you were in uh, new york recently actually right in my neighborhood i saw you at a picture of kellogg's diner which is right up right, the road right. from me uh how is uh, how's the the sessions going it's
5: great yeah, I mean like I said to you earlier, it just it I feel very free. I feel very loose creatively. I feel I feel like Scott Harris, who I work with quite a lot, I feel like our relationship is at a point now where I can actually be like, Alright, what'll we do today? Like what'll we I don't know, like in the past if someone was like, Is there anything you're thinking about, is there anything you wanna write about, I'd be like I'd say no, but like I'd have a bunch of stuff going on and and I would wait for the music to sort of take it out of me. But with Scott, I'm comfortable enough now to be like, all right, sweet, what do we do today? Like blah, blah, Not in a clinical way, but just, I don't know. I just, I feel really, really comfortable with him. Like, cause to me, writing music, like this is my favorite place in the world to be. Like my favorite thing is being by myself and and and, and sitting at a piano, doing nothing for like 10 minutes and no one like sort of being like you okay (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) Like, so like I struggled for a long time (laughs) with the fact that there might just be other people in the room whereas now I feel very comfortable I think it comes with being more established as an artist too it's like I know I can hold my own and I know I have x amount of respect here so I don't feel like this underdog so uh so it, I guess it just, it figures itself out over time. But yeah, no, New York was class. We got some good songs. We're, we're just kind of gathering songs. I'm not trying to write like a hundred songs for a, a 12 song record, you know? I, I, I struggle with that idea too. The idea of throwing stuff away. I'm kind of like, why would you put your heart into something if you're just going to bin it? But um, not going really well. I'm not in a rush either, you know, like I, I've got time. I've got songs that didn't make the first record that might show up here nah it 's all good i 'm just it 's funny though, because you never know when you 're done, right like like you could be like, "Oh yeah, sweet, those are twelve or ten or fourteen, whatever great songs, and then you another one could show up, and you could be like, Well, what if I had ten of those, and like that would be really special. you know the way like when you think about say like Adele Records and stuff like that, you're just like, Oh, every song is just that special song it 's like well, what like we could take the time and just like wait until that moment." But then who knows? You never know. You may never get there. You may just feel the exact same way when you keep at it. Who knows? It's funny because there's all this stuff of like, I like get asked so often, like, oh, second album and blah, blah. And it's like, like my first album, like, this is the first time I made an album. You know what I mean? Like, like I was figuring it out. And so, yeah, it's not this thing where where it's like, this is my first album. I I... I like I, I, you put everything into it, and I, I take everything I've learned and all my experiences in life and in music, and and you try and make it as best you can. But like, geez, we're all just figuring it out, right?
4: Uh, uh, art's never finished; it's just abandoned, something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For, for sure. where you're at in your career right now, you're you're racing the Monaco Grand Prix. You're very far ahead. Do you feel successful, or <clears> did, are you at the place that you wanted to arrive at, or does the finish line keep moving for you? For sure, yeah, yeah, it
5: does. It keeps moving. Yeah, of course. I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not good at processing big victories. Like even, even last week, I was like the first Irish artist to get an actual number one in Ireland in a very long time. And I was just kind of like, all right, cool. Um, My manager was like, oh, haha, it's funny how you just, like, couldn't care less. And I was like, no, I care more than anybody. Like, I care more than anybody. But the second it hits that point where I did it, I'm like, cool, sweet. Like, what's next? In the least sort of, like, corny motivational speaker way possible. I'm just, like, like, I'm thinking about something else now. If I did that, that's lovely. But I'm not here to spend a day, like, celebrating myself and patting myself on the back. I'm just not into it. So, like, yeah, like... I do this because I need to do it and and because it lives in me. But, like, by no means am I somebody who seeks attention at all. Like, yeah, like, I like to do the show and then hide. Like, yeah, it's just I'm not one for kind of being like, oh, I did this thing and, like, let's celebrate this achievement. I was like, no. Like, you can't get caught up in it either, too, because last week with that number one, it was like, okay, cool, I'm number one. But, like you got to be careful. You start chasing number ones, the music changes, and you lose your way a little bit, I think.
4: On well, my last question, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I've been no, you're good. asking this of everybody, and it's so fascinating to me, everybody's different answers. If you could snap your fingers and have everything go back to, to normal in terms of, of, of COVID, whatever your definition of normal is, maybe this time in 2019, what would be yeah. the first thing that you would do? Places you'd go, people you'd hug?
5: Oh, places I'd be allowed to go. I'd probably come back here, honestly. i just do what I'm doing right, right. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I would. Nah, you know, what I'm most excited about is we've got these shows in summer 2021, hopefully, in Ireland. And it's like 25,000 people each night. and uh, And I'm just like, that, I don't know, something's going to come along someday. And I'll be like, okay, cool, Dermot, you're doing well now. Like, this is potentially actually successful. And I don't know, things like that feel huge to me. But if if everything was normal right now, honestly, like, boring answer, but I'd come back to this room, I'd actually just be here. Like, I spent enough time in the last three years wishing I was home anyway. Not in a bad way. Like, I love tour more than anybody. And when there's work to be done, I'll be there doing it. But uh like, the house I'm in currently, like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to start a battle of trying to get planning permission next door. Like, I, I, I want to live a simple life and just live here in this field, and it'll be fine. So um, I, would, I would be back here if I was allowed.
4: <laughs> You're a songwriter through and through, man.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, try to keep it that way.
4: Dermot Kennedy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks, man.
5: No, of course. Thank you.
3: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio Home Edition, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio and other shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: With the Lucky slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel...